You're listening to the Online Empire Academy Podcast, where you'll discover some of the best and most creative ways to provide for your family and get started on your journey to entrepreneurship. No crazy get-rich-quick schemes. No living in a van down by the river with your family while you build your business. If you want real, actionable, and proven entrepreneur ideas that you can use right now, join us for free at theonlineempireacademy.com. Now, get ready for the Online Empire Academy Podcast. What's up, Online Empire Academy? Joshua Woodward here, your podcast host, and I am so excited to be here. If you've been shipping Amazon FBA, you know about the Avery 8160 address labels. The only problem with these labels is they're expensive. Well, there's a new player in town, and I'm super excited to announce that our podcast sponsor today is Yorba Label Company. They want to give you guys a 25% discount on their address labels. These are top-of-the-line address labels, and in fact, this 25% discount is on 3,000 labels. So stay tuned to the end, and at the end, I'm going to give you guys some directions on how to get that 25% off. Now it's time to hop in with our guest. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast. Today, uh, for those of you who are listening, um, we typically do shows with audio and video, but today we are uh, talking to our good friend, Elaine Heaney, and she is in Ireland, correct? Yes, that's right, in Ireland, and weirdly, it's not raining, which is really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's so funny. It's been raining here in uh, Northern California for like a month straight, and so finally, we're getting some sun. So I know you guys get it way worse than we do, but I, I'm i feeling really happy too today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm excited to be here, guys. It's going to be a, a, a fun day and and just kind of, I want to pull her story out. She has so much to give and so much to give to you, the audience, especially those of you who are not in the United States and doing um, just the Amazon, the Amazon game in other places and other other avenues. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, we're also just going to kind of dive into the different aspects of becoming an Amazon seller. So... Elaine, kind of share your story. So my story started nearly four years ago, actually. I had kind of a normal job in an office in Dublin, and I'd, I dabbled a bit in mobile apps. I kind of taught myself the basics. And when I was still working, I was doing the mobile apps part-time, and I ended up actually making $12,000 in my first year with like oh no goodness. expenses, which was crazy. So... <laughs> That kind of got me interested in, in like the entrepreneur book because I just kind of thought, well, if I if I quit my job and put all my time into it, could I scale it up? So, um, so my first business was actually a mobile app business, which I sold there just over a year ago. But while I was building that up, actually, a friend of mine from uh, from the UK, from England, she um, had come across Amazon and she started it. Um, about um, just over half a year um, before I did it. I, and she, I'd been talking to her about it, but I didn't know too much. And I was like, okay, you go and figure it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me know if it, if it works or, you know, what, you know what, it, what it's basically about. So I caught up with her then about six months later. And she was like, Elaine, seriously, there's something to this. You, you just have to try it. So, um, so that's what got me started actually um, in the Amazon business. And it's definitely been a, an interesting journey since then. Wow. 
I, I, I love what, you know, just this, this whole process of um, everybody I talk to has a unique story. And, and I love that you kind of took this step in uh, an area that not many people jump into. And that's, that's the app development, development world. How did that happen? Like, how did you get involved with that specifically? Well, actually, there's another friend of mine that I have to blame. I was I was in work, and for the people living in in England, uh, you know what I'm talking about. There was a, a so a friend of mine. He was like a proper programmer, like developer who knew how to code. And he walked over to my desk one day, and he was like, "Elaine, look, I made an app." And I was like, "Listen, I've no idea what an app is. What are you talking about?" <laughs> but what he was doing, he was making these little quiz apps coded from scratch. But they were, I think his best app was on Coronation Street, which is this really famous um, soap opera in the UK. And everybody in Ireland watches it as well. So he had these little quizzes. He was making like $200 um, a week, I think it was at that stage. So wow. that just got me thinking like, what, what is this app stuff? Like I had never had a successful business before then. I was like, I need to figure it out. So I literally went home. Um, I think it was that Christmas. Uh, I arrived home. Christmas Eve, literally went to Google, typed in how to make an app because I thought, okay, you've got WordPress for websites. So there has to be the equivalent to make mobile apps, like something just easy, drag and drop, that kind of a thing. So I published my first app. It was about five to midnight that New Year's Eve. So about seven days later, after a lot of crazy nights and uh, <laughs> going a bit crazy because I really had no idea what I was doing. But, um, but yeah, that's what got me started. What was the name of your app? Oh God, excellent question. My first apps, that, that first year I did 30 of them. Oh my goodness. Um, kind of evenings and weekends. They were all horse related because my, my, what I love to do is horses. So I actually had a horse website that had like instructional stuff and education. So literally I would copy and paste like the text from my horse website into the app, throw in some horse pictures <laughs> and, and let it go. So I had apps on. Um, education. I had like funny apps that if you press the button, a horse whinnies. Yes. <laughs> Cheesy. I had like pony quiz apps. I had any kind of a weird horse app you could think of, I probably published. Wow. Now, were these on iOS or Android or both? Initially, yeah. Initially, my first app was Android because I didn't have a Mac. I'd never used a Mac. So the, um, if you want to make iOS apps for Apple, you have to do them on a Mac. So my first ones are Android just because I had a computer. Um, and then I think my only cost was I went and got a secondhand Mac for 550 euros, which is probably maybe $600, um, and then figured out the whole Mac thing. So wow. the 30 apps, there were probably, uh, probably both, uh, the, each app was probably done on both platforms. But iOS was the one definitely that was making me a lot more money. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. I, I've talked to, uh, in, in the past six months, I've only talked to one person who's developed an app. And, and you know, he, he was saying how hard it is and how challenging it can be. And, and I love that <laughs> no, you're like, I yeah, tell, I did it overnight. I can tell you a secret. <laughs> I want to know, what is it? <laughs> yeah, so well, that was like my first foray, this whole horse app thing. And to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea about marketing. It was just luck that I put them up and a few people <laughs> bought them. But um, but no, what I did is actually, I did actually quit my job and do it full time. Um, but I had to, I was getting more into like, you know, entertainment apps and games and that kind of thing there was no way i could call them so basically my kind of secret was outsourcing right from day one i um i outsourced i had developers working for me in eastern europe asia artists all over the world and i think actually because i was kind of like an experiment when i gave up my job like i didn't know if it was going to work or not because i didn't think it was going to work to be honest but uh i started in 
in May full time at mobile apps. And I was going to give it like three months, give it over the summer. And if I thought it was going to work, I'd keep doing it. And if it was going to work, I'd get a job again. But at the end of August or early September, one of my apps, it was a horoscope app. It was it was kind of a silly app. You basically put your hand on your phone and it scans your hand. It goes, roop, roop, and then it tells you what your horoscope is. But this got up to number one free entertainment app in the UK oh and Australia goodness. and a few other places. So this is what kind of made me realize that maybe I kind of half know what I'm doing. But um, but definitely no, for, for all of that work and even for the Amazon stuff I'm doing now, outsourcing is a huge focus because I just couldn't do it all myself. That's really interesting. I, I I know that our teams use outsourcing all the time. I mean, Dean is he he's the one that's taught me everything about outsourcing. I'm a product of him outsourcing. Can you share your experience <laughs> with this kind of how did you get into outsourcing first off? And how have you developed your your outsourcing techniques? Um, I got into it because I had to, because with mobile apps, there's no alternative. Uh-huh. You, even if you are a programmer, um, in the kind of community I was with, like you could spend weeks, if not like months doing one app and you just, you can't scale that. So you have to, and then I wasn't a programmer, so there was no way I could code this stuff. <laughs> so I had to hire people to do it for me. And then if you've ever seen like, you know, me drawing pictures is absolutely horrendous. You know? <laughs> so there was no way I could do the art and stuff as well. So that had to be outsourced as well. But um, yeah, it's like at the beginning, of course, like you don't know what you're doing and you hire people you shouldn't. The biggest problem was trying to find good developers because if you go on, say what was up uh, Odesk and Elance, the big outsourcing websites, you know, you're looking for an app developer and you put up a job and 20 people reply back to you you have no idea if they're good or not because they'd all tell you they're good. But because I'm not a programmer, I couldn't, you know, validate when they're telling me the truth or not. So for the first couple of months, it was um, it was a little hairy, but I actually kind of decided I needed to teach myself just enough to be dangerous. So I taught myself how to integrate one of the ad networks into um, code for an iPhone app. So there was a few big... Um, um, advertising platforms that that everybody was using in the app. So I kind of taught myself how to integrate this stuff in and I had got it down to being able to do it in about 15 minutes. Wow. So what I did from then on is when people replied to my job description, one of the things they had to tell me um, as part of the interview process was how long it would take them to integrate Chartboost or RevMob or something like this into an app. So honestly, it was crazy. Like 95, 95% of people said a day, three days, two weeks. <laughs> I was like, what? Delete, 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 delete. So, um, so that was like the kind of the secret sauce to me actually figuring out um, kind of who was good and who wasn't. It was easier with the graphic artists because you could just look at their art and, you know, you can, even if you can't draw it, you can kind of tell if something looks good or it doesn't look good. But actually yeah. it was funny. I checked my Upwork.com account there um, about a week or two ago. So I think in three and a half years, I've hired over 500 people. Oh and uh, I know my friends will laugh because I'm like a ninja at firing people. <laughs> like I love to fire people. Um, like if I've got indigestion, I'll go and fire two people. No people, <laughs> they do laugh at me. But uh, honestly, like for me, that's been one of the reasons that I've been successful because if someone is working for you, but they're missing deadlines, their work is particularly good. They're not replying to emails. Like it's not going to come to any surprise to them or it comes as any surprise to them when you say to them, listen, it's not working. You're not doing your job correctly. They actually expect it. So if you don't actually fire them, it's 
they're not the problem anymore. You're the problem. Uh, that's so valuable. I, I, I think that we get scared of hurting people's feelings or, or, you know, protecting oh, their yeah. family <laughs> because there's all these, these sob stories that come along with that. But you're saying oh, that it's better yeah. for you. No, trust me. The more do you that. do it, the more you enjoy it. Like a good day for me is when I fire someone. I'm like, yes, oh next person. Because it frees up the opportunity to find someone really, really good. Hmm. So how is this, the outsourcing, correlated with your Amazon business? So it's it's something I think that, like obviously Amazon is totally different to mobile apps, but being able to to outsource so instead of me having eight you know eight hours i can work every day i have like every day i have like 24 hours that i can work because right now there's two other people working for me so it's been huge actually i've i think since since i started i've always used virtual assistants as well so right now i have two virtual assistants in the philippines one guy is actually my original guy that started with me in mobile apps um, so he's he's been great. What I found in terms of virtual assistance for any of this kind of online business stuff, like regardless of the industry, is if you can find someone who's got really good English, because if they don't have good English, like you're going to spend your life correcting typos and spelling mistakes and it's just going to be a nightmare. But if they've got really good English, if they can work the hours you need, so if you need someone full time, they can work full time. Um, and then if they are kind of smart and willing to learn, then that person is going to be like such a huge addition to um, to your business. So for me right now, for my Amazon business, like my VA is doing um, a ton of stuff, literally all the day-to-day work in Amazon he's doing. He can even like research products, find suppliers in Alibaba. He does all my customer service in five different languages. So like it just, it saves me so much time. Wow. You you just said Alibaba. What what I wanted to kind of backtrack to was uh, I, I want to hear more of your story because obviously you, you're not starting with uh, a site like Alibaba. You're probably not starting with private labeling and and, uh, and and jumping into those concepts. Can you kind of share your process with your friend talks to you? They tell you about Amazon. What happened next? Uh, so I caught up with my friend at a, I think it was an internet marketing conference in London. So we were kind of there just to <laughs> chill out and listen to a few talks. But to be honest, we kind of walked out of a few of them and we were just talking about Amazon. She was into the private label side of it. She didn't do um, ORA or any of that buying stuff in shops and selling them on. Because like if you're in Ireland, you can't like go into Walmart and buy something cheap and sell it for, you know, for a higher price. So yeah, she was all private label. Um, and initially wow. she was, you know, or she was, she has been sourcing in Alibaba and getting stuff in from China. So that's what she had kind of suggested I do. So that's, that's exactly where I started with private label. Oh my goodness. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, for a lot of people, there's a whole process to get to that point and, you know, developing your skill set and all of that. And you kind of just jumped straight in, which is, I, I think it's so cool just hearing your story because it seems like you've, when you find something, you kind of throw yourself into it and really put your whole heart into it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love that. I think that's so cool because a lot of people, I mean, even with firing, a lot of people are really scared to do that. They're really scared of this idea of like, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to jump. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, because what if well, I fail? Yeah, I was at the beginning, like the first or second time, like, I mean, at the beginning, there was three or four developers. They were just running, running rings around me. There was stuff not coming in. They wanted more money. Like I knew I was being taken for a mug, but I, I was kind of hoping that it would get 
better. You know, I didn't want to fire them because maybe in three weeks they'd get the stuff back to me. Or if I had to hire a new person, it would be like two months from scratch. But to be honest, what I like, what I figured out is if, if you're working with someone and they're really good, they're going to stay really, really good. But if you're working with someone and instead of them being like a hundred percent, they're like 93% and next week they're 92%, uh. they're just going to get worse and worse. There's no point hoping because it just, it never worked out for me. So that's so cool. I, I, I love the, again, the process of, I, I mean, it, it seems like you're fearless in this. I understand there's always <laughs> going to be these fears and stuff, but you, th- you, you know, you hopped into the app development and you hopped into Amazon, but like it, it really is astonishing to me that you jumped into this area of, of Amazon that frankly, a lot of people are afraid of. What would you yeah, tell so, those I mean, people? I was, I was lucky insofar as like my friend who had been doing it for six months prior to me, um, literally for a whole weekend, she was like, Elaine, you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. So <laughs> I didn't have a choice. And, you know, the learning curve was really steep at the beginning. Um, one thing about doing mobile apps is the developers that you want to steer clear of for whatever reason, um, there just seemed to be some kind of funny scam thing going on where Chinese developers, hmm. um, I'm sure there's some lovely ones out there, but anytime I went near them, I got badly burnt. Same for a lot of friends of mine. So when I realized this whole Amazon thing and the private label and the buying stuff, everything kind of revolved around China. Like I was seriously worried. And really the only thing that really got me moving was um, my friend going, no, listen, this works if you put in the effort or the effort like not everything is going to be a home run but there's enough people making it work that it's something that is is worth looking into what would you tell the people that are in the same position as you they 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 may not have done amazon before or maybe they've been doing amazon for a few years but there's been a fear or or kind of a, a hesitance to go into private label what would you tell them um I think practically the market is different now to what it was maybe two or three years ago. You can't just pick some really, you know, high best-selling products and order thousands and expect them to sell. So for me, I mean, okay, it might seem that I'm a bit kind of gung-ho and just jump into things, but (laughs) it's also about protecting the downside. Like you don't want to take a ton of risk um, because like not everything works. You know, you could easily order 5,000 units of, of your first private label product and sell 10 of them. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to do. So honestly, if you're thinking of getting into it, like put put aside like a month or two months of just learning about it and like listening to podcasts like this and going in the Facebook groups and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the, the big thing I would say is, maximum maximum order for for new private label products is about 200 i wouldn't order anymore because you don't know if they're going to work or they're not going to work like if it doesn't work 200 units you'll get over it you'll sell them eventually um and if it does work and you run out of stock listen that's a great problem to have just reorder and a much bigger quantity and then you can go again but for me it would be yeah small um orders initially it is going to be painful but you got to kind of focus on like if it worked how amazing would it be so it's a, it's a mixture of protecting the downside but then allowing yourself to get excited about what what it could actually turn into and how it could change your life do you remember your first sale like that first time you saw that <laughs> sale come through 
No, I'll tell you what, when I started Amazon, I thought I was a complete failure. <laughs> because <laughs> I was listening to all these stories of people and their first product on day one, they sold like 20 units. Then they sold 35 units. And in the first week, they sold hundreds. And suddenly in a few weeks, they were doing like 10,000 and then they're doing like 25,000 a month. And I was like, okay, so this is like, this was about just over a year ago. And I was like, okay, so this is if your product works, you know, you're going to start doing like huge numbers straight away because I was listening to like you see if you go on Facebook groups and you have people with all these crazy stories and crazy numbers um, and the screenshots of like the seller central account so this was kind of in my head so my first product like was not one of these successes um, and because at the beginning like you do spend money on inventory so like you're in the red and then you got to spend money on pay-per-click and then you got to give away some of your products not too many. I didn't give away a ton of mine. I didn't find that that it worked really well. But you're kind of in the red. Like it takes a while to break even. So like for the first month or two, I was like, um, I don't know if this is working. So I was actually chatting to my friend again. And she was like, um, you know, listen, it's these crazy stories. I'm sure they happen for some people, but it's more about kind of a slow, steady thing and looking to do, you know, more products. So not just don't expect one is just going to completely, you know, be fantastic but it's more about maybe having five or six products and having them all do a little bit so she was like listen focus on product number two so that was really good because it was just before chinese new year so i was able to get that sorted and get that on a ship so once chinese new year was over last year product number two was for sale in the states um, and that actually did go really well um it was more not not quite as good as the uh, the crazy pictures in facebook groups but uh, but yeah that did seem to hit a bit more of a um of a kind of a a success than um than my first product but it's been a mixture since then i think i've launched like about up to 15 products in in the first year or so my goodness man my notes are my my page is filling up with notes i i love what you <laughs> you know the, the idea i've been talking to the community a lot about community <laughs> community and community about building community and and having people next to you whether you're a part of groups whether you have a friend in the in the same city as you that's doing the same things as you you need to have that source of community to encourage you i mean i think about how how discouraged have i been so many times when you know i've i've looked at my sales and been like oh gosh it's not you know it's not happening and then i have someone come along and be like oh you know, if you just tweaked this or you did, you know, like you were saying, pay per click or, you know, you, you, you're you giving away product and, and doing those things. Those are the things that start to build your business. But it's it's not always known. And if you're looking at the gurus within the community and you're like, oh, my gosh, they've sold thirty five thousand dollars in a day. Like, why am I not doing that? You know, I think it can get really intimidating. And I really appreciate what you just said, because. It, you just gave so much realism to Amazon FBA and and the the whole private labeling community because we get so consumed with I've got to hit that big number instead of diversification and and that that's my last note right now that I, that I had taken was it's not about one item doing crazy well it's about 15 items selling continually and I wish more people talked about that yeah, it's funny actually because what really drove that point home to me as well was Amazon actually said it to me, which was really weird. I was uh, one side I've been selling in the states for a while, 
um, I think it was about three or four months. Then I started selling in Amazon Europe. So I started selling at Amazon.co.uk. So in the US, um, you can have 5,000 units in, in stock at any time. And then as you sell products, they increase that limit. That was fine. But in the UK, you start again with 5,000 units. But um, like I've been selling in the UK now for nine months and they still haven't increased that limit. And every time I email or I email them, they're like, no, sorry, that's your limit. Um, But um, what they actually suggested when I was emailing seller support in the UK, um, they said, "Okay, so based on your numbers and they did all this mathematical stuff and how many it's selling per day or per month, they said, no, listen, 5000 is still your limit, which is crazy. But they said, we would suggest that in order for you to increase the amount of products that you sell every week to increase your product range. And I just read this and I was like, oh, my God, that's just so obvious. <laughs> so, um, so yes, that was like, you know, word from Amazon saying, listen, to to increase your revenue, to increase your products, increase your product range. So you brought up an interesting subject and, and that's the, the Amazon UK side of things. You were selling in the U.S. from Ireland, and now you've transitioned into a different market. I think that's really interesting because I've never thought of selling through Amazon UK. I don't even know if I can sell through Amazon UK. That's how that's how illiterate I am when it comes to this. <laughs> how how have like tell me that process? Like, why did you start in the United States and not in UK? I started in the US because like all of the apps and stuff I was doing before, they were all US based. US was always the biggest market and any other sales you get in any other countries were just kind of little extras, but nothing really, you know, very serious. So for me, it was like, I'm just used to selling, uh, you know, in an American um, kind of scene or whatever. So it was, it was, I, you know, it was fine. I just expected that my first store would be um, amazon.com because it was going to be the biggest and so I just figured out, okay, so I need to ship stuff to America and I need to get an import guy over there. Um, and, I, you know, I just, it had to be done. So I just did it. But no, amazon.co.uk. So based in Ireland, if we want to buy anything on Amazon, we go to amazon.co.uk. So um, I've definitely bought like lots of stuff from it. Um, and so I was, um, yeah, I think I was talking to a few people and some person said that, uh, that definitely Amazon Europe is worth keeping an eye out for de- or in particular, Amazon UK and Amazon Germany. They're the two big ones. So for me, like I like kind of going pretty fast, I guess, when I'm building <laughs> businesses. So I was like, okay, I have all these products. Or I, had a, I think I had maybe three or four products at this stage in Amazon US. So this was probably, if I started selling the end of February, this was probably like May or something of last year. Um, and so I was like, okay, options. I can increase my product range or I could just, instead of ordering like 500 of whatever I'm doing, order a thousand and put them on two airplanes, one to the US and one to the UK and just mm-hmm. figure it out. So um, I had an advantage, I think, being from from Europe. Um, I already had an Irish company and an Irish VAT number. And so for me, applying to get onto Amazon.co.uk, it was definitely trickier than Amazon.com, like literally to get approved for Amazon.com. I think I just gave them my name and my email and bank account. That was about it. For Amazon.co.uk, 
um, it seems to be a lot more complicated because like you do, you know, apply and stuff, but then they come back to you and they want tons of photocopied bills and bank statements and uh, proof of your address and passport pictures. Um, they did want a lot of information that went on for about two weeks before they finally gave me the green light to sell on Amazon UK. And once you're in Amazon UK, then you can sell all over Europe from the same website, which is really good. But I know from talking to to friends of mine who are based in the States that if they want to sell on Amazon UK, they absolutely can do it. But it takes quite a long time to jump through all of the hurdles and, you know, photocopies of passports and driving licenses and all that kind of stuff. So I think for anyone listening, if you're in Europe, definitely you're looking at a couple of weeks, but it should be doable and fine. But for anyone in the US, like if you're starting now or maybe you're a couple of months in and your plan is to think about doing, um, you know, to sell in Europe, maybe in six months time or even a year's time. To be honest, today, I would go to Amazon.co.uk and I would apply for it because it's going to take you a while just to jump through all the hoops they need you to do. That's a, that's a great idea. W- would you suggest partnering with people who are already selling, maybe even shipping your product or or making a partnership with somebody in the UK? Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, I like kind of just being independent. And like, once you get approved to sell on Amazon, like the shipping is easy. It's just if you have a freight, like I have a freight forwarder in the States. Um, so my stuff goes from China to a warehouse in LA and then pings onto Amazon. Like I just got a freight forwarder in England and it's the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's like the, the shipping was, was no issue at all. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I prefer doing things myself. So I would just <laughs> go and do it myself rather than getting into difficulties with partners and that kind of stuff. But, but maybe there's people you can partner with. I'm not too sure though. Yeah. What, what, what would be your suggestion for, for the people who are our listeners who are not based in the United States? What would be your greatest advice for them in developing their business in the UK? Definitely start selling, start selling in the UK. So go today, go onto the website, apply for it. Um, the two biggest markets I found, um, as expected really is the UK and Germany in terms of volume in France, Spain, and Italy, like it's minimal, like a couple of hundred dollars, like really, really small. Um, but yeah, what, what I found, and I don't, I don't think I expected this, but if you were, say you make a hundred dollars, um, or you sell a hundred dollars worth of product in Amazon USA on the same day, you could easily sell $50 worth of product in Amazon Europe. Huh. So it's, it's kind of a really quick way once you get into, um, to increase both your revenue and your profit. So would you suggest for, for the people who are in the UK to sell on both marketplaces? Um, yeah, start, start with one. Cause I think it'd be too tricky to start with two, <laughs> but once you've got like two or three products, um, completely whatever marketplace you're, you're not on, just, just go for it. Sorry, I'm finishing notes. Cause that's, I, I really like that. I, I, I haven't thought about selling and I, I probably should have, man. It's like, it's starting. I mean, I love what I've really enjoyed about the podcast is I'm learning alongside the empire and I'm, I'm growing. So talking to you, I'm just as encouraged as I hope the rest of the community is. And, and I'm thinking, oh man, like, I know there's an Amazon China. I know that there's there's all these different places that have an Amazon 
a specific place that that people go on to shop for Amazon, not just Amazon.com or not just Amazon UK. And I'm like, man, what if we could diversify and get on all those different formats? That's it. Yeah, I, I no, love totally. it. There is, there is. I know there's Amazon Japan, which is supposed to be really big, and actually a friend of mine is selling on it. But for me, that that would be a little bit more challenging because I mean, I can't even understand. Like you know, you go onto the Amazon Japan website, and like obviously it's all in Japanese, so um, <laughs> it's a lot trickier. Plus, I think over there you can't just sell up or set up like you can in the UK or the US. Okay. You do need to partner with some kind of Japanese person, and they are. It, you can't do it yourself basically you need huh. a, a partnership and it all gets quite complicated so i think like number one and number two for me would be just in terms of how easy it is the u.s and then europe and then okay. after that you can see where you want to go okay that's man i love it i'm getting excited about this because there's i want to venture out i want to start doing these things and, and developing these things so I appreciate all the knowledge you've brought. I'm so encouraged. And and uh, if if you guys want to know more about Elaine and everything she's doing, go on to the onlineempireacademy.com forward slash rocket. She's got courses that teach about uh, getting a virtual assistant as well as getting refunds. Amazon, I don't know if you guys have known, but um, there's certain perks that come along with selling and, and you can get refunded for products you've sold. So will you tell us just a little bit about those two services? Sure. So the the refunds one, so that's that's completely crazy. And that happened pretty much by accident. So coming up to last Christmas, I think it was about November, I was looking over my figures for one of my um one of my best selling products. And normally like the Amazon fee for me is about a third ish or thereabouts. But um, but it looked crazy. It looked like it was about 50%. I was like, huh. what is going on? And so I was really busy up to then, like growing my business and launching new products every month and then obviously expanding to Europe and all that kind of thing. But um, I knew there was something wrong with what Amazon was charging me, but I you know, I hadn't really had time to actually go and double check that everything they should charge me was correct and that they got all my stuff and all that kind of thing. I just assumed that, you know, they were taking care of all that kind of side of thing. But um from seeing these numbers, I, I was like, no, something stinks. <laughs> this is this is not right. And so I ignored it for about a week. And then I just got really annoyed. So I was like, okay, I'm stopping everything. And I'm going to spend as long as it takes. I'm going to go into Seller Central and wade through all those reports that are absolutely horrendous to try and figure out what they actually mean. And so, so I did that. So the first thing I figured out is that the product um that they yeah they were they were charging me too much so based on the size of it and the weight of it they were i think like charging me like a dollar 50 too much every time they sold it and this was one of my best selling products and they've been charging me too much for months (laughs) so i was i was crazy so i just emailed them and i was like um okay so this is my product this is my asin um, just wanted you to double check. You seem to be charging me this much based on your reports, but I've looked up, you know, the um, the costs that that you charge, and it seems that it should only have been this much. Could you confirm if, you know, if what you've done is correct, or you know, am I due a refund for this one product? So they were really good. So they wrote back in twelve hours, and they were like, oh yes, yeah, so we double checked, and yes, we overcharged you for that, um, and so we owe you whatever it was back. So I was like, great. So then I sent them in another email, and I was like, okay, so you've actually overcharged me for 3,000 products. <laughs> oh, Can you please issue goodness. me a refund? And they did. But that was only the beginning. 
Huh. It was crazy. So then I was just like, oh my God, there's like there, there's something not right here. So then I, I kept digging. So I was getting money back. I never expected any of this because I thought they would be on top of it. I got money back for stuff that I shipped in that never arrived for some reason. I don't know where it went to. For stuff they lost, for stuff that was destroyed in the warehouse or damaged in the warehouse for more incorrect fees, um, for stuff they actually said they refunded me but actually never refunded me like the list went on and on and actually it's crazy even just today i got back another 250 dollars and i just added up my numbers so i'm now up to six thousand eight hundred dollars in refunds oh my goodness that's crazy like that that's so crazy i i love it (laughs) and and this is this is happening to like accounts all over the place yeah, this is, um, and this isn't just the U.S. Because I, my, my first issue was with my one of my American products, and I figured that out. And then I started to go, okay, well, have they checked all my, you know, what about stuff that was destroyed? What about stuff that was lost in warehouses? And I totally get, like, imagine trying to handle the amount of products they do every day in warehouses. So I completely understand things can go wrong. But yeah, I figured out all the U.S. And then I was like, oh. I wonder, does Europe have the same problem? <laughs> so mm. checked all my European numbers. Half of them were wrong as well. It was crazy. So this service is, it, it basically helps people uh, get get their money back. Yeah, Amazon, like if you've been selling for more than three months, there's a pretty good chance that Amazon owes you money that wow. they haven't actually paid you for various <laughs> different reasons. So what I did was when I was going through all of this, like it was, there was kind of a lot of steps and a lot of digging through spreadsheets, but <clears throat> basically step by step, I wrote down every single thing that I did. There's screenshots of like, start here, click this button, scroll down the screen, click that button and actual um, copies of all of the emails I wrote to Amazon for all of the different issues um, that got me back all of the money. So it was like kind of a step-by-step thing of videos and PDFs of exactly what I did and exactly what you can do to claim back money too. My goodness. Well, that is so cool. And then uh, the other is uh, is a VA service or explain that. What is it? Yeah. So the, the second course is Rocket VAs just because I've had they've made just such it's you know it's been amazing having virtual assistants working for me because i just couldn't do it otherwise but um it was funny because like in the mobile app business virtual assistants were kind of pretty normal um and a lot of people had them and there was no really big issues about them but when i was um then moving into the amazon space you know i was like oh yeah my virtual assistant is doing it they're doing the research they're doing customer services or customer service and people were like you have a virtual assistant like where'd you find them and how did you train them it was really weird because i think maybe like i'm lucky that i'm coming into amazon as like my second internet business and i figured you know a lot of this stuff out in my first one but i think a lot of people coming into Amazon, it might be their first kind of online business and first time where there is an opportunity to outsource. Um, So I was just getting a lot of questions from people wanting to know where I found my VA, how they could hire a VA, how, like, what would be the best one for them, how they could train them up. So what I did was I put together um, kind of a series of videos, basically walking through what kind of VA is really good for an Amazon business. Um, where you can find them, how you can hire them. Like you can hire someone full-time, which is great, but you can hire someone part-time. Like if you're only starting off or you want them to work like 10 hours a week to help you on particular things, it's completely fine. Um, And then as part of that as well, I have things like 17 or 18 videos. Um, So once you've got your VA, 
um, set up. Like you don't have to train them. You just give them the login to this course and they can train themselves and everything to do with Amazon. And obviously the beginning, like with your VA, there's going to be an issue of trust. Like you don't want to just hand them the keys to your seller central account, you know, and God knows what will happen. So it's kind of set up that the initial tasks, they don't need any access to your seller central account. They don't need passwords or anything like that. You know, instead they can help you out um, doing product research or checking your product pages or looking in Alibaba, that kind of stuff. So as you kind of get more confident with them, then you can increase um, the different tasks that they can do. But, you know, you build it up over time. So cool. So again, if you want to go find out more about these products, you go to the onlineempireacademy.com forward slash rocket and all the information will be there. Well, thank you so much for being on. Seriously, my page is full of notes and I'm so excited to go back and listen to this. No, not at all. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I so appreciate you guys staying till the end. And now I have that 25% off discount. So first, I'm going to have you guys hop on Amazon.com. Type in address labels. You're going to see the perfect peel address labels right there. And you can know it's them because it's the Yorba label company. And that's going to be the address label. Click on that one and then go into the checkout. Now listen carefully. Here's the promo code. It is labels 25. That is L-A-B-E-L-S 25. And that's all lowercase guys. So that's going to get you guys that 25% discount. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about the Online Empire Academy or anything about this, this amazing label deal, go to the onlineempireacademy.com. You can go to our blog section. If you're listening on YouTube or iTunes or Stitcher Radio or any of the above, you can go down into the description section below and it's going to be right there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And until next time, Empire, have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Online Empire Academy podcast. If you want real, actionable, and proven entrepreneur ideas that you can use right now, join us for free at the onlineempireacademy.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, help us make more by rating us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We'll see you next time.